Uh, a few weeks back, uh, Lord, as in my regular time of readings that I do, I'm going through Isaiah, and I came to Isaiah 35, and it just, boom. And that day, I, either that day or next day, as I thought on it and meditated on it, is uh, I was supposed to send that to Andy. And, and I said, I think this is for Antioch. I don't know what it means. I'm just saying I think this is a word that God is saying to Antioch. And I didn't put on their P.S. let me preach it. Uh, <laughs> a few weeks later, we're talking about it. And, and actually, I remember your, your first text back. The first word was, wow. I, I remember that. And, but he asked, would you, would you bring this? And so as I prepared for that, the Holy Spirit, first of all, was like, okay. I was like, why this message and why now? And what the Holy Spirit said is, he said, well, go back and look at the last four messages that I've been speaking to Antioch about through Andy. And I'm not going to quiz us because I preached enough years. I know sometimes I forgot my message three days later. You know, I understand that. But the essence is what, what do we take from it? And here's what God was doing four weeks ago. Running the race of our lives at Hebrews 12. It was fun talking, downloading this to Andy. He says, I didn't even see all that stuff, which, which makes it valid because it's the Holy Spirit who's working. But it's running the race of our lives at Hebrews 12, and it basically was saying this. It was saying that we are encouraged by those who've gone before comes right after Hebrews 11, all the people of faith who've walked in his presence. And so we're encouraged to do that. And then it says we are prepared by spirit supernatural training in our lives. And I trust that all of you did some supernatural training this week. And we do that in letting God really what? Make us more like him. And then the crux of it is we are empowered. We are empowered when we follow the example of Jesus, when we look to him. So that was that point. The next week was when life is hard. Anybody identify at any time? Maybe yesterday, maybe this morning. Life is hard, but life is all about encountering God in the midst of whatever we're going through. And if you remember, we were in Psalm 23. And basically, it's the good shepherd, God Almighty. He is the one who meets every one of our needs. Believe it. Believe it. Every one of our needs. So that we receive from him because he provides for us. And we don't have to fear. Why? Because he protects us. And then the ending of that is goodness and love. Anybody up for those two? Goodness and love, they're a part of our lives. Why? The good shepherd is near. He's with us. He's with us as we see him, as we let him work, as we respond to him. And then the next one was Palm Sunday, two weeks ago. And it was about the death and resurrection of who? Two weeks ago was Lazarus. He saved Jesus for Easter, which was a good thing to do. Death and resurrection of Lazarus. And that one, and he, did a, and he did a great job, and I learned a lot from that one. How many days was Lazarus dead? Four. You probably all know that. But Andy pointed out is that's when 
the people of that time said, this person has no chance to come back. And if you remember right, is Jesus found out about it when Lazarus was sick. And he what? He waited. Then he found out. Then he told the people after what? Some days. And he said, okay, we've got to go now. So I was thinking, well, you know, he's sick. Okay, Jesus is going to go. And Jesus said, no, he's what? He's dead. Now, if you're like I am, most of us are, we want to see things happen, right? We all want to see things happen. And we can just kind of shake our heads at times, right, about God's timing. Jesus, why, why do you wait? He was a long distance away. It was, it was not just a quick, you know, to the next town, as we were reminded. But we need to be reminded, as he did, that divine delays are not to confuse us. Divine delays are for strengthening our faith to believe that God is going to work, to see the glory of God at work. And so the disciples, what? They follow Jesus. Some of them probably shaking their heads. <laughs> he got to Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters. You know, they, they just both kind of represent us. <laughs> Jesus, if you would have been here. He wouldn't have died. And yet that's where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And that's what he's about. And he said, if you believe, you will see greater. That's what God is going to do. If we follow Jesus, as we seek him more, he has greater glories. He has greater pictures to show us. He has greater things to do amongst us. And then last week, of course, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And if you were here, uh, Andy took time to read a significant section of uh, uh, Mark 15, I believe it was. And, and he made a great statement, and I want to repeat it because I hope it sinks in more and more for us. The message is Scripture. The message is Scripture. You don't need to hear from me today. I don't need to hear from you today. We don't need to hear from each other today. But we do need all of that if the basis is God's Word. And He is the Holy Spirit who is a living Word right now that we need to hear and we respond to. And this was a new miracle. Jesus did all kinds of miracles. But this one flipped everybody out. Why? Because Jesus was dead. He raised himself. He raised himself. And so, and, and we, we looked at the example of, uh, of Thomas. And it's a beautiful example because, you know what, God allows himself to relate to us for how we need him to. Okay, take a look. Take a look around today, okay? Besides saying God has a sense of humor because he's created us all, we're all different. But God relates to all of us as we need. And what was Tom, even though Thomas said, I need to see, I need to see, what was his proclamation? Say it together. My Lord and my God. And that needs to be the focus of our everyday life. 
So as I just kind of stepped back, and I wasn't here for two of those, but yes, I did listen to them on the website, is the thread of that is just seeking his presence. Seeking his presence every day. And let me say, he loves each one of us more than we can even imagine. More than we can imagine. Put in your mind what you love the most. I hope it's a person, not chocolate. But put in your mind, and if it's coffee, I'll pray for your deliverance. (laughs) That's an inside joke that my wife understands. Put in your mind what you love the most. God loves you way more. Way more. Wherever you're at, wherever we come to him today, he loves us. And so basically the essence was, what God has been saying to us is believing and seeking and watching him transform us is what he's been calling us to. You know, it's great to be here. It's great. The worshiping together, the praying together, looking into God's word together, that's great. But you know what this needs to be? This time every week when we're together simply needs to be the culmination of what's happening in all of our lives throughout the week. Worshiping and praying and connecting and reading and learning and impacting each other's lives. That's where God has us. And so I took a step back and I said, okay, we're pressing in. We're already pressing in. There's there more prayer gatherings. But God is saying, and then it, it all clicked. Isaiah 35 is to make it all happen. This, if, if we can have all of that previous, but if this doesn't happen, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying those messages don't matter. What I'm saying, and this is the most important, is this is, this is what it means for us, is the truth of it really coming out. And uh, when I texted Andy, he said, well, how did the Spirit lead you? I said, you know, I'm just doing my regular Bible study. I'm going through Isaiah right now. And let me encourage you. Let me encourage you on behalf of even Andy, is having the Word in your daily life is important. Having the Word here. I don't care if it's on written pages, it's on your iPad, it's on your iPhone. Also coming expectantly before the Lord. And uh, so what I want to encourage us to do is right now, I want to encourage us to pray. I want to encourage just quietly, silently, where you're at. But I'm going to ask you a question. Did you pray that something would happen for you today? Did you pray, and I hope all of us could say that, but I'm not naive enough to think that we all did. Did you pray for something to happen for someone else here today? And for God to work in our midst. Just take a moment right now. Pray for those. Pray, expecting. That's what faith is. Who are the people that Jesus received from Jesus? People who believed. (laughs) People who believed. So just pray. Pray for yourself to for God to speak, to God to work. Pray for yourself to for someone else that God is going to do something for them. And you're probably already way ahead is you're really praying for what? We're praying for ourselves altogether.
So be it. As people came to Jesus believing, they received. People came to Jesus not believing, what happened? Didn't receive. But let me say this. Jesus always wanted people to receive. And God always wants to work in each of our lives. Now, if you did click on the newsletter yesterday, uh, Andy stole my thunder. Some of you already know the topic, the title. And you know what? I, was, I really wrestled. I'm like, Lord, I know, I know what you're saying, but I don't have the connecting point. I, don't, I knew I was, to me it's about, it's we, it's us. But, and all once I heard, we the people. We the people. Now when you hear that, what's something that may come to your mind? Okay, Constitution. Okay, here's what the Constitution says. We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessing of liberty through ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. And then you go on, and it's how we're organized and how things are supposed to work. Does the Constitution of the United States reveal what the United States is really about? No. It's how, and I'm not getting into where are you in the Constitution and the Senate and the judicial and all that. That's not I'm here. It's just, you know what? This is true. You want to know what the United States is? You look at the what? The people of the United States. The wording is good, but how it's fleshed out is really the Constitution, really the life of us as, as a country. So God's Word. <laughs> you know, you can, we can share God's Word with people, but what really shows God's Word? Because, friends, these are just words if they're not demonstrated in our lives. And they are being demonstrated. But what God is calling us to do today is to even heighten that for what it means. We, the people, not of the United States. I hope that you leave, and if you take one thing with you, it's those three words. We, the people. Say it with me. We, the people. Say it again. We, the people. Now, say it like you really mean it. We, the people of Antioch. Chicago. That's really what Isaiah 35 is about. Now, it's, I know it's in the Old Testament, and Andy, you do a phenomenal job of bringing the context to all of your messages in the Word. And that's an important lesson for all of us, is you don't go wrong when you understand context in Scripture. It helps us really understand it. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. That's the best way to do it. And so you do a great job of that. And I would love to talk a lot more about Isaiah, but I just have to give this. Because Isaiah 35, to understand it, you need to understand two things. One is, Isaiah is a mini-Bible. Just a fun quiz. How many books in the Bible? 66. How many books in the Old Testament? 39. 
So if you don't know the Bible, but you do know math, how many books are in the New Testament? 27. If you understand Isaiah, Isaiah chapters 1 to 39 are like the Old Testament. So much of it is talk, it's trying to draw people to the presence of God and saying, come to me or return to me. But also saying there's, there's judgment that will occur. There are things you don't want to have happen that will happen if you don't connect to the presence of God. And that's really a lot of what Isaiah is doing in the first 39 chapters. And basically, what we're looking at at 35 is kind of the, it's the hope at the end of it. I know it's not chapter 39, but chapters 36 to 39, it's just talking about King Hezekiah and giving some historical uh, situations and some prophecies. And then the beauty of Isaiah, and if you want a good read, take some time and read Isaiah 40 through the end. You know what it's about? It's about Jesus. <laughs> It's about Jesus. It's about him coming. It's about the promised Messiah. It's the hope that we have if we call ourselves followers of Christ. And in Isaiah, it, there are more prophecies about Jesus than any. And it's the biggest book, too, so that understand. It is quoted in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Why? It's about, say it, Jesus What's the New Testament about? It's about Jesus. It's about the impact that he makes in each of our lives. And even John, who wrote the gospel uh, about Jesus, and he said this in John 12, 41. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. It's right there. And so one thing to under, another thing to understand about Isaiah before we look at the scripture is this, is there are three, four elements of prophecy that you need to grasp. The first one is for the restoring of God's people then. They were going to be going into captivity. Some hundred years later, they were going to be brought back. That's, a, that's the direct prophecy. The next one is about Jesus. He's coming to restore all of humanity back to a right relationship with God. Then there's the third, which is at the end, and it was alluded to this morning, at the end, everything, all of God's kingdom is what? Going to be restoring all of God's people back to his presence. And then we will, even the created world. There's a fourth element, and that's for us. Because we live in the time of the church, which is until Jesus, since Jesus resurrected until he comes back. And we are to be a picture of eternity. Kingdom come right now, right now. God working in each of our lives, and that's what he wants to do. So grab your Bibles, whether they're on an iPad or on a written page or on your phone, and turn to Isaiah 35, because what we have here are really four pictures, four pictures of what it means for us to be we the people. You ready to go? All right, Isaiah 35, starting off. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it and splendor of Carmel and Sharon. Go down to verse 6 towards the end. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning, 
the a burning sand will become a pool and thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. Okay, I want you to close your eyes. And with your mind's eye, and it's the best way to see with your mind's eyes, with your eyes closed, because other things will take your attention. I want you to see with your mind's eye a desert, parched and thirsty land, a wilderness. Okay, you have the picture? What are you feeling? You a little sad? <laughs> a little disappointed? As you see that in your mind? Do you really want to stay there? No, we don't. Okay, now keep looking in your mind's eye. And I want you, as you look at that wilderness, you look at that desert or parched land, I want you to see water gushing. I want you to see bubbling springs coming all up. I want you to see flowers bursting into bloom. I want you to see grass and plants growing everywhere. You see it? What are you feeling now? More excitement? Glad? Want to stay there? No. This is, this is where my wife would love to live. I know, Dan, you mentioned a few weeks back you love flowers, you love plants. And, you know, my wife loves Jesus first, and he lo- she loves her grandchildren second. And third is a toss-up between me and flowers. <laughs> Probably the flowers win most of the time. But she was out not yesterday and not two weeks ago on a Saturday, but it was like three weeks ago when we had a little bit of warmth and no white stuff. And she started clearing out her flower paths. And she looked at me and says, this is so much fun. I have a lot of fun doing other things, but I do help her do those. But it's about what? It's about life. It's about colors. It's about beauty. And so what God is saying to us, we the people believe his promises. Believing his promises. And it may be, maybe you're in a wilderness or a desert in your own life. Maybe it's that way in a relationship that you have. I think the Lord is just saying there, and, you know, collectively, we make up Antioch. And what is God saying to us? Believe my promises for change and transformation. You know how it's going to happen? Let's say it together. We the people. That's what he's saying to us. That's how it's going to happen. And you know what? If God speaks to any of you, during the time that I'm speaking, and you're supposed to go talk with someone, do it. Do it. Because it's ludicrous for me to talk about we the people when we just sit here and you all look at me. I'm not saying you have to, but if God directs, that's what we want to see that happen. So here is just a quick of, and also just let me say, God didn't give me any specifics. There's no application there's no, here's what God wants to do. And it makes sense because he's going to do that through us. That's how it's going to happen. So how the specifics work out, that's up to us as God speaks to each of us. It's not going to come from here. So we the people, we need to be encouraging each other to believe God's transforming promises together. We need that. Especially if you were in a wilderness. We're in a desert. You need someone to come along and say, God's got this. Springs are going to be coming. You're going to see some flowers. God's going to do that. Antioch, 
there are things just around the corner that are going to start blooming more and more and more. So let us lock arms and encourage each other to believe God's transforming promises together. The next picture is this. It's really the end of verse 2. It says, the splendor, or excuse me, the end of verse 2 says, uh, they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. The Good News Bible says it this way, everyone will see the Lord's splendor and his greatness and power. The Passion Translation says, my people will see the awesome glory of Yahweh, the beautiful grandeur of our God. Okay, now I want you to close your eyes again. And with your mind's eye, I want you to imagine seeing, maybe you've seen it in person, maybe you've just seen it in a picture. What is something that you consider to be awesome, powerful, and great? Got the picture? Okay. Let God blow it up because he's so much greater than that. God is so much greater than that. And so for this picture... It's about seeking God's presence. I really don't need to say much about this because this is where God has us as a body, and we're going to do it more and more and more. And leadership team, you're doing a great job of just leading us into that more, so thank you for what, what you're doing. But it's seeking God's presence, and it's really kind of a continuation off the messages of, of what God has been downloading to us. But here's the difference for us maybe now to take it to a new level. We the people. We, the people, encouraging each other to seek God's transforming presence together. I agree with what was said earlier. Man, when you can come tired to getting together with people to pray. You can come exhausted. You can come, man, I just had a horrible day. You know what? Two of the other guys that were at prayer on Wednesday night, that's how they came. You know what both of them said at the end? I am so glad I came. I almost didn't. <laughs> because God transforms us as we seek his presence together and there's really not much more to say on this that we just need to encourage each other to seek God's presence yes we do it on our own I trust you do it on your own God needs to download to us when we're in our quiet place with him when we're worshiping him when we're digging into his word but scripture is all about we it's not about I he transforms each of us individually, but he transforms us into a family. He takes us from the I to the we, and we are we. <laughs> we the people, right? That's what it takes. So just let the God move in this midst, not just now, but through the week. How does he want each of us to encourage each other to seek more of his presence? That's where the transformation happens. First, we've got to believe God's promises. God's going to do more. He's doing things, but he's going to do more. Next, we need to say, come on, we need to seek him together. Here's what he's saying to me. I'm going to download it to you. What's he saying to you? You download that to me. Let's share this testimony of how God worked. And we're going to see, and this is the exciting part. I wish we had four hours to talk about the next section, but we don't. The next section, and I'm going to read this. It's verses 3 to 6. I want to read it out of the Passion Translation. And just so you know where we're going, it's all about receiving God's power. You know, we talked about the Constitution only matters depending on how the what? 
the people live it out. God's kingdom matters how? When the people live it out. And here's where it happens. We have to believe. We have to seek. But here's what, you know what? God wants to do this, and all of us really want it. It's receiving his power. Receiving his power. And I remind you what I said earlier. No one who was around Jesus received who wasn't seeking to and wasn't willing to receive it themselves. And I believe God says, you know what he's saying to us? He's he's saying, Lord, tell all the people, I love each of you so much. I love you more than you can imagine. And collectively, don't just take that personally. Take it collectively. He loves, let's say the word, us. He loves us together. And we may look around and we may think, what kind of picture does God see? You know what? When we're seeing as God sees, (laughs) he sees a beautiful picture. A beautiful picture. That's why we need to seek God so we see as God sees. That transforms who we are, who we are. So here's about receiving his power. Just let this soak in. Verse 3 on. Strengthen those who are discouraged. Energize those who feel defeated. Say to the anxious and fearful, be strong and never afraid. Look, here comes your God. He is breaking through to give you victory. He comes to avenge your enemies with divine retribution. He comes, uh, he comes to save you. Then blind eyes will open. And deaf ears will hear. Then the lame will leap like playful deer. If you ever saw a playful deer leap, there's energy there. There's energy. And the tongue-tied, this is a beautiful phrase, the tongue-tied will sing songs of triumph. (laughs) So it's receiving his power. Receiving his power. It comes when we're in each other's lives. Did you catch that, how it was written? It's when we are saying these things to each other. When we are saying, receive God's life and power. We may have a specific word and say, here's how it's coming. Receive it. It just may be, I'm alongside of you. I don't know what God's going to do, but he's going to do something. So let's put our arms out and receive. Let's be like little kids. If you have a gift in your hand, and you have a four-year-old in front of you, and you go like this, what will that four-year-old do? (laughs) If they don't knock you over, they will, they want to receive. That's how we're to be like a child before Jesus, wanting to receive. Antioch, we will receive when we want to receive, when we're open to receiving, when we as a body, when we look look around at each other, just look around. It's us together. We the what? We the people. It's us. I wish you could all be up here because I get the best picture. I see you all. I don't have to look very far. Twist my neck. But it's about we the people receiving his power. 
It's where things work. It's where things happen. It's what God wants to do. He wants to do things in you, but please think we. He wants to do things in us. I don't know what it looks like, but I know it's beautiful because I know when you have gushing water and flowers that overcome a wilderness, it's amazing. Actually, Susan showed me a thing on, uh, I don't know, it was Facebook or wherever yesterday, and it was, she loves uh, Texas bluebells, and she has a few little, some of them in her. But there was this field, and the entire field was just Texas bluebells. And I saw the picture, and the picture got to me. Like, I'd like to be standing right there and see it. So that's what people are going to see is we together, we the people, receive his power together. You know what? We need that in five areas. Five areas. We are each called human what? Beings, not human doings. Please. We're not human doings. The doing happens if we are being first. We need to receive his power, and I, I just want to present them for us. We need to receive his power in our physical being. We need health and wholeness over sickness and disease. And we need to encourage each other to receive that. We need to receive God's power in our emotional being. That's confidence against anxiety and inner turmoil. We need that. Together, we're going to say, let's receive that from the Lord. And what I'm saying affects us individually, but please, as Antioch, as a church body, we are a being. And we, these same things apply in the physical realm. In, we have an emotion. <laughs> There's emotion in us. And we need to see confidence receiving God's power, overcoming any anxiety, overcoming inner turmoil. There's another aspect. We need God's power to be received in our lives in our intellectual being. What's that? That's his wisdom, overcoming and defeating foolishness. May foolishness not be here. May foolishness not be in his church wherever it meets now, today. It's wisdom, and that comes from him. And if we receive it, this is the easy one to talk about because Scripture is very blatant. You ask for wisdom, not doubting, but believing, you will Receive. Case closed. <laughs> we need together, let's say we the people, we the people, we need to receive God's power in our spiritual being. And that's where eternity defeats darkness. Eternity defeats darkness. That's where the real kingdom of God dominates. Because of all those four, you know what matters most? Your spiritual being. And may our minds and our emotions and our physical being flow under that. And that will dominate. But there's one other that we often forget about. We, are, we need to receive God's power in our relational being. From each other. In our relational being. Because what's life about? Sometimes we all probably have these times, I just wish the life was just about me. Let me be by myself. But then real quickly we think, well, that's stupid. Because what's real life? We, not me. We. And so we need to sit, look at each other and say, 
Let's receive God's power in our relational beings. And that is unity defeating any division. And sometimes we have that inner struggle in ourselves. God's power needs to overcome that. But together, his unity defeating all of divisions. Not differences. Not differences. Once again, look around. God loves differences. (laughs) Because we're all different. But God despises division. Because scripture is very clear. What did Jesus... The greatest thing we can do is be an answer to Jesus' prayer in John 17. The greatest thing. Constitution means nothing. The people of this country is what determines what the Constitution is. The Bible means nothing outside of it being demonstrated in this body. And what did Jesus pray? We would be one. Not one individually, but collectively one. And that's that power of God. I hope we're receiving it. And I hope together we will encourage each other. Let's say we the people. We the people encouraging each other to receive God's transforming power. I want more of it. I want more. Anybody else here? Anyone else want to see more? And it's not each of us doing it ourselves. It's us doing it together. The last section is verses 8 through 10. Just listen as I read it, because it doesn't need much explanation. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Let's just go back to the four aspects of prophecy for Isaiah. One was God's people at that time. They returned to Zion, the place of God's presence. And there was what? There was rejoicing. There was a highway. You can read on in Isaiah, and God gave Isaiah the name of the ruler of Persia who was going to come over a hundred years later. His name was Cyrus. He was going to be the ones that got the people back. And they went back on a highway together, and there was what? There was rejoicing, and they went straight after it. When you encountered Jesus Christ to be your Savior, what happened? You started on the way. We started on the way. We started on the journey. And there's an ultimate one coming. There's an ultimate transition happening when we will experience all together all of God's greatness. But right now, God has us here at Antioch on this day and this year together. We're on the highway. We're on his way. And the beauty of it is, if you're part of God's family, we're in it together. We the people. Who's not is those who reject Jesus. You know what? If people reject Jesus, that's fine. Jesus let people reject him. That's okay. We would not desire that, but that's up to each person because God gave us that option. What's not on the way? No lion 
Satan has no place. He's that roaring lion that wants to devour us. But when we're in his presence, Jesus' presence, (laughs) he can't do a thing. He's toothless. How does a person talk when they don't have any teeth? I apologize to anybody who's in that situation, but I've, I've heard my mother a few times. <laughs> and there's no roar there. Now, when she has her teeth, she can roar. <laughs> Without teeth. And, and when we walk, when it's us together, there's no roar of the evil one. It also says no beasts. And I believe that that's an emphasis of selfishness. Beasts are simply a portrayal of Satan, and it's all about selfishness. No selfishness, no wild beasts on this road. And we do that together. And you know what? We are all stronger when we're locked arms together, when we're speaking into each other's lives, when we're encouraging each other, when we're saying, look at what God is going to do. Look what he is doing. We the people, encouraging each other to walk the path. Walk the path of God's transformation. He's transformed us in many ways. He's transformed Antioch in many ways. But there's more. There's so much more. And when I came to the end of this, I said, okay, God, how how are you going to wrap it all up? He just said, Leave the rest of your page blank. I don't know. But I do know one thing. We're supposed to be we, the people. So look at those four areas. And Dan, why don't you just come up, grab that keyboard that God gifts you in, (laughs) in your voice. And I, I don't know. I told Annie, I said, I don't know if we're supposed to, you know, I know normally we have people up here praying, but we the people just look at each other. I want to think in those four areas. Is God putting anybody on your heart to go to? Do you want to go to someone and say, would you pray for me? Hey, I want to walk together. I don't know what it looks like. But these are these areas that are, it needs to flesh itself out. And there was also already prayer and words this morning given back behind here about this whole thing of us locking arms of us going after things together. So maybe there's someone who needs to believe God's promise and you need to connect with. Maybe there's someone who needs to seek his presence and they just kind of haven't been after that. And you can come alongside and say, let's go together. Maybe it's yourself saying, I need to receive his power and I really haven't been open to it. Would you help me be open to receiving his power? I don't know what that looks like. And maybe for some of us, it's just rejoicing and saying, come someone saying, we're on God's path together. We the people. So just let whatever God's Spirit is directing now. I know Dan's going to lead us however God's Spirit is, and let's respond to Him. And take it from here. Let's respond now, but take it from here. Live this week with three words constantly going through your spirit and your mind. What are they? We, 